Welcome to the 5G Techvitory podcast, where we will explore the hottest topics in 5G with some of the industry's leading minds. Okay, getting on to the uh, specific questions, there's going to be one each for you uh, today, so um, let's get on with that. So the first one is to ANSYS. Um, sensors and high-speed, low-latency networks are, funda are a fundamental part of future port operations. We all know that. What will the smart, smart ports of the future look like, and what are the challenges in getting there? <laughs> uh, yeah, this is uh, this is a fundamental question. Uh, it's like a vision into the future. Uh, of course, I don't see the sort of flying ships or or, or, or something which we can uh, we can see in uh, uh, scientific movies. Uh, but reality, of course, is as you said, uh, poor operations become more and more complex. So that is, I would say, the most complex, uh, complex point uh, in the transportation uh, logistics chain. Um, and if we, if we look uh, maybe a decade ago, a little bit more, decade or 15 years ago from now, uh, many, uh, so many things at that time still were fragmented, although the technologies were there, uh, and also mobile technologies were at, um, at the high fly, uh, but still, uh, there was information uh, exchanges were fragmented. Today, uh, it's, it's kind of the must thing for many operations. So the ports are not anymore just the spots with, uh, with the borders on a, on a map. So our activities and our information exchange goes far beyond uh, what is the normal port borders. So that means also the society within the city and the country. Uh, uh, that means also all aspects of, uh, of security. Uh, now, uh, the let's say the military dimension, uh, which is also maybe uh, a time ago, it, it lived on their own. So military was military and the civil was civil. Uh, so now uh, it, it becomes, uh, with, with different synergies, it becomes uh, cross points also with the military point. And uh, what is needed on this is technology. So uh, in order to be effective and in order also to look into the efficient and uh, green challenges uh, what are on our table, uh, that means that we should use more and more technologies in order to help and be efficient. Um, Okay, the, the, the sensors and, 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 uh, and uh, low latency networks, maybe it's a specific technical term, uh, but uh, in reality what we are talking about, we are talking about uh, machine, uh, machine communication, uh, meaning that different, uh, different technological uh, points being that uh, STS cranes, uh, being that uh, VTS uh, operator center uh, in a port, uh, there's a lot of data uh, which needs to be exchanged through the, among different institutions. And also uh, as a port and, and ports in Europe uh, and, and Riga uh, as well. So we are looking and working in, in, into uh, spatial planning. That means that digitizing of different, uh, different uh, layers uh, of physical, uh, physical infrastructure in a port. So that's not only the water side, but also uh, hinterland uh, in order to know precisely 
whether from the point of the maintenance, whether from the, from the pain, uh, point of, uh, uh, of exploitation. So what we have, at what state is each and uh, every technological point, being that key wall, the, the structure of the key wall, uh, depths of the, of, the, of the canal, communication networks, uh, physical communication networks, uh, cables, etc., etc. And, um, and in this point, of course, the more layers you have, so the more uh, effort, effect of the technology you will have. And, and this will, I think, the future port uh, uh, will be something most probably between, uh, okay, the container business, uh, I would say, is, is the most technolog technologically develop developed in this sense because uh, they, they needed this information exchange at the very beginning, but also in all other cargo modes and, 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 and cargo exchanges, uh, including the hinterland and railway network, uh, it's become more and more important. And in order to, uh, to be faster, to be greener, uh, to be more efficient, to, to work with, uh, with new uh, fuels, which some are on the table and some are just in the air, um, I think this, uh, this is absolutely a fundamental thing. Fantastic. So there's a huge amount of data and managing that is, is going to be a critical yes. element of, of all of that. So we'll get on to that in a little, little while. Um, so to Timo, um, related to smart ports are obviously future smart shipping and uh, transport solutions. Um, what are the likely technologies that will be used to make shipping more efficient and environmentally friendly? And what are the challenges of those uh, being adopted? I would start... Um what would be the first ones? First ones, the one we have tested already. Yes. So we had a very promising, promising uh, results on testing a 40, 40 tons front loader with uh, 5G mm -hmm. standalone network. It was operated remotely with a professional driver on a cockpit uh, mm. away from the machine. It was uh, delays, for example, the delays on that machine was next to nothing. They calculated that even a race car could, could have been driven <laughs> remotely, well, <laughs> in theory. <laughs> but uh, that was the first and the best solution mm -hmm. at the moment. Uh, of course, we have tested, uh, secondly, uh, on container inspection, uh, high-resolution cameras, uh, which are taking pictures from the containers, reporting directly to uh, our operator, mm. etc., to pick up the faulty containers before they leave the port area. And uh, thirdly, uh, security-wise, uh, we tested uh, uh, drone nest, operating drone, mm. for the fast recognition of some kind of target on the port area. Okay. It was also also very good result. But what comes to future, uh, well, remotely operated ships, mm -hmm. uh, they are coming someday, someday. Um, but, uh, of course, first they are sailing with limited crew on board and some kind of some kind of uh, remote operating center, which is controlling controlling and helping helping the small crew on board. And eventually, one time, hmm. there will be no crews on board. Uh, I I see it. They will start. They will start between dedicated lines from one beer to another beer, mm -hmm. for example, some sort of as it's but it, it will be the start. Okay. But we will see what comes later on. Uh, 
ANSYS mentioned smart bots. <laughs> well, uh, one thing I can see was, uh, is 24-7 condition checking on machinery to prevent delays. Mm -hmm. For example, container spreaders, I believe it's, it's the most, the first thing to cause mm -hmm. delays. And if it's surveillance all the time, 24-7, it could be, could save the time by making possible to react immediately when mm -hmm. the damage comes. Well, perhaps someday we will see some kind of automated container carrier uh, also operating in snow in minus 20 degrees, but we will see. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you that. Uh, do you see fully autonomous cargo ships? Sorry? Do you see fully unmanned autonomous cargo ships as something in the future, or is it more to do with short shipping routes and uh, operations within ports? It will start with sort of, but yeah. who knows? Technology, technology goes so high speed ahead so it, it does it does we'll see <laughs> thank you timo um so we've mentioned a couple of uh, emerging technologies there there's uh, there's obviously the marine autonomy piece there's the remote control elements um there's clean propulsion um any of those sorts of technologies uh, are going to require uh regulations um so lucas um are there regulatory frameworks in place to allow these already, or do they need to be developed? Yeah, that's a very valid question because uh, I would say with that, that uh, normally industry tries to embark certain journey when they are sure that it is going to bring money. So yes. if there is a risk, if they will have to invest a lot and they are not sure that it will, there will be a return one day, hmm. uh, of course they are not that keen to do it unless they get some fundings, etc. In terms of framework, this regulatory part, um, there is already certain experience with implementing new technologies, modern technologies. Um, I can talk now from position here of European Maritime Safety Agency, which we are not actually putting legislation in place, but we are uh, quite much involved in that process, both at EU, uh, but also at the global level. So at EU, we are providing the technical assistance to European Commission, and uh, quite often we are bringing, let's say, ideas uh, for um, new legislation. But uh, when we talk about EU, uh, we can talk about EU ports, we can talk about EU flagships, we can talk eventually about ships of different foreign flags coming to EU ports. Uh, but as you are all aware, maritime sector uh, is a global business and uh, maritime uh, transport is a backbone of a global trade. So uh, I'm not sure if you are aware, but the, the shipping industry is responsible for uh, shipping more than 90% of global trade. So uh, it, it, it's quite a, quite a big value. And for this, when we think about something to be uh, implemented, let's say, at the bigger scale, at the global scale, uh, there is a need to work with the organization called International Maritime Organization. Because this is the organization that normally puts in place uh, requirements for the ships, uh, for the ports, uh, that are implemented worldwide. Um, and now going a bit out of the procedure, so how actually the legislative process is being done, uh, I will maybe give you some examples of practical implementation. So normally, uh, every uh, implementation of new technology, I would say it starts with the use case. 
so you need to answer the question what you actually want to achieve, how you want to achieve. Uh, and here I would split this into uh, ways of uh, touching it. So one is this, uh, what we call the um, top-down approach. So you have a decision at high level, uh, we want to go this way. It can be either political decision, it can be a decision coming from some, uh, as a consequence of something. Uh, and then normally you come to the industry and you say, yes, uh, we need to implement this, please provide a solution. Uh, maybe as an example, uh, I believe uh, everyone here will uh, recall 11 September 2001, attack in US. Uh, and then you can ask, what does it have with, with maritime? Actually it had, so the system called uh, Long Range Identification and Tracking System, which was implemented by IMO, I think around 2006. Uh, it was a consequence of that attack. So at that time, US said, uh, you know, we had an attack from the air. We don't know, maybe one day there will be a big tanker entering into the city and destroying half of the city. So they said, we need to be aware and we need to be able to track the ships coming to our coast. So at that time, uh, there was this plan of having the global tracking system via satellite of all ships above 300 gross tonnage that at the beginning started with the US who said we would like to have a visibility of ships which are 1,000 nautical miles of our coast and we would like to see all of them coming, what they are doing, etc. But they clearly understood that they cannot implement it only in US coast, but they have to go broader. So that's why they came to IMO. Uh, they discussed with all the countries at the Maritime Safety Committee and in the end ended up as an uh, update to Chapter 5 of SOLAS Convention. And nowadays we have all the ships equipped with LRIT. Uh, they are sailing and this communication is in place. But we have also other examples, which I think this is the, the place eventually for the industry to step in, which we can call uh, is this bottom-up approach, which suddenly uh, you may think about something important and you can start with implementation, let's say, even at very little scale. It can be at the scale of a port, of a region, of a country, uh, and then for this, there are many, many funds which are being provided, especially here in Europe from you, that the industry together with port, with uh, maritime administration, they can apply for funds and they can provide some examples of use of new technologies. 5G could be an example on how certain um, use case, let's say, can be completed. We have had uh, recently a situation in, in our agency, which we were running since 2018, a project is not that much related to a port but it's more related to the coastal station uh, when suddenly they said that they found um, a place where the reporting formalities can be simplified the administrative burden can be reduced because what we notice we have at the moment 17 ship reporting systems adopted by IMO in Europe and the ships when going through from for example from Spain let's imagine they go through the Strait of Gibraltar and going to port in Poland or to port in Latvia they have to go through various systems and they have to report and reduce certain information to the coastal station when we did kind of a comparison we have noticed that the same information is reported all over again so because normally the destination port is not changing what can change they may consume some bunkers because of certain situation, the destination uh, will not normally change, but the time of arrival may change if they got some problems with the ship or with the weather. Uh, but gen generally, the information can be reused. So 
we launch a project when we try to build a matrix for all these systems and a platform for sharing this information. We call this project Ship to Shore Facilitation and also we have went a step further. We try to provide an interface to a ship that they are able to electronically submit information and instead of using radio frequencies, radio communication, they can prepare a report in advance by reusing information already available and submit it. So then they would save a lot of time on reporting formalities, which they could give, for example, for, example, for safety of navigation, so for monitoring of, uh, of situation at sea. So there are various opportunities and I would say uh, normally I know for industry the best is possibly if we have some decision at the top and then they are sure that is going to happen. <clears throat> but, uh, but there is a lot of possibility from coming from some small use case and if it is found as useful, if it is found as interesting, it can be spread and it can, it can be something big. Again, just to conclude with maritime uh, autonomous surface ships because this was already put in place. Uh, I participated in different forums, in different groups and I would say communication is one of the biggest problems for implementing mass at the moment. So I think 5G uh, has an opportunity there. Of course, we have to consider that shipping is not just about port, it goes beyond. So we, we need to see if the coverage, I, I heard in the previous panel about low orbiting satellites which are being used. Uh, and I believe this is the future because we, we need to go further. We need to go beyond the, the port limits for, for having this, um, let's say, a successful story. Thank you, Lucas. A lot, lot of really good points there. And I think, um, you know, the sort of commonality of the programs and so on is going to be critical to all of this because shipping is international. Um, just touching on the uh, 5G network specifically, um, and this is a question for Martin at uh, Nokia, um, 5G would appear to be the answer. Um, does that statement really hold true? Um, so that's the first question. Uh, what are the implications that need to be looked at uh, with regard to 5G networks? And what about connectivity further out? And will we, will we see 5G at sea, ultimately? Okay, so I think I do not have to spend much time on actually motivating the topic why ports, right? I mean, ANSYS and, and Timo have, have shown this very, very drastically even, right? That the complexity um, is enormous and uh, that there is also a good vision going forward that uh, requires investments in technologies that requires digitalization. Without digitalization, these things won't happen. And um, efficiency and control over your operations uh, will, be, will be hard to achieve, right? So um, let's uh, take a look at this from a connectivity perspective, right? Uh, what do we have in a port? The port is, first of all, it's a pretty free open space, right? Uh, and then you find a lot of metal in there. Ships are made out of metal. If I put, you know, a couple of containers on top of each other, you actually create, um, uh, you know, alleys that are shielded by metal. These are very, let's say, um, unfriendly environments when we think about radio wave propagation, right? And um, uh, trying to cover this with uh, Wi-Fi, for example, is, is pretty much a hopeless exercise, but um, as the management of interference and, uh, and, and coverage is much better in, in 5G, these, these, these networks have actually proven to really do the trick, so we can provide this you know, continuous coverage uh, in these ports. Um, even worse, there are a lot of things that are on the move right, in these, in these ports, and um, um, particularly having these connected all the time, no matter where they go, and also you know, verifying that, that this connection doesn't break, um, that is 
something that we actually can can achieve um, with uh, these these networks. So the use cases that have already been mentioned, uh, they are so manifold that you actually need um, a very advanced technology that we have with 5G to uh, go, for, for example, from just you know sensor monitoring uh, to things like you know automatic um, steering of the. Uh, of the straddle carriers, of the gantry cranes, of the automatic uh, guided vehicles that are on the way in, in the ports. Um, then uh, we are looking increasingly into um, video use cases for um, observing, monitoring, for example, broken containers can be identified and uh, you can actually get away with your liabilities. Um, we're also looking at uh, parameter control and what is uh, also, you know, what's also at my heart and, and very important is the, the connected worker, right? Uh, the connected worker is more safe, first of all. Uh, we can even, you know, monitor, uh, you know, fatigue levels and, and see that, you know, the industrial athlete, as I also sometimes call them, um, that they're in good shape. Uh, and uh, also the connected worker is, is more efficient, right? Uh, so if he has, you know, at his fingertips communication facilities, also the possibility, for example, to connect to the back office and show, you know, for example, to white collar workers, you know, what is wrong, then, you know, the processes can, can be speeded up and uh, we are just faster and more efficient in, in the undertakings. So all of this can, can be achieved with, uh, with, you know, 5G networks when we just look at it uh, from a networking perspective. But um, there's actually a second step, which is equally important, right? Getting everything connected is one thing, but we also need to actually bring in place the right digital platforms that allow us, you know, to onboard technologies now rather quickly. Uh, this brings me actually to the topic of uh, what we call the industrial edge. So edge compute inside the port that always keeps on running, that is highly um, available to uh, you know, get away with, with outages, for example. Um, that is actually the next step to take. These architectures need to be open. Now we're talking about software containers for actually monitoring containers. So Kubernetes is, is for example, a technology that, that can be applied so that you can very quickly onboard new software algorithms to steer, you know, the, 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 the problems and, you know, the, the things that you, that you want to steer in, inside ports. Open APIs allow you to collect all the data and, you know, to flip back into all these digital twins, you know, make these digital twins alive and, and give them some, some real-time flavor. So um, what we put on top of the connectivity layer is, is equally important here. So with that said, um, the 5G, when will we get this on, on the sea, right? That was the tricky question that you asked me. And uh, um, when, uh, when, when Timo, you said, um, Probably, you know, the, the, autom the autonomous uh, container ship that is sailing the ocean from Europe to, um, to, to Africa or wherever, that is uh, maybe still a couple of years away. I think the connectivity is coming now very fast. And uh, the solution to that problem is called the non-terrestrial networks. Uh, we know the satellite networks already uh, from, from some use cases. But um, what, uh, what will now be achieved is actually that um, these satellites, they will um, directly, you know, um, put radio, 5G radio beams down there so that you can actually take your ordinary phone and you can actually get connected even when you're in the middle of the ocean. So that, of course, um, allows, you know, to solve the final puzzle in terms of the real end-to-end -end supply chain, right? Being able to monitor that even when you're crossing the ocean, you can, you can stay connected. It's about the on autonomous container ship that has to be connected, that's for sure. We will monitor it with cameras and we will actually need all the data in the control room to be able to ensure that it um, crosses, you know, the ocean safely. And um, last not least, uh, you know, another, another future concept that uh, we have also thought through is um, can we then 
maybe even include some some uh, some uh, automatic um, production onto the container ship, right? That a container ship, for example, it you know collects the parts from from the ports where it starts, and while it then you know goes to the to the to the port where it wants to offload the, uh, the, the the goods, it can actually you know get effective and do the final assembly of of these goods, right? Um, so we can put uh, in a container size um, some some manufacturing facilities there for this final assembly. So a container ship, the time on a container ship, this this valuable asset can be used even you know to to finalize goods and you know to to shorten the time that it takes to deliver them to the end customer fantastic opportunities will come soon very good uh, some really good points there as well uh, martin and obviously that plays into the freeport type uh, element if uh, if something's being manufactured and uh, brought in um, just touching on that, um, and final question is to uh, Nikos. Um, what do you see are the key research areas for these 5G-enabled ports? That's such a great question, uh, Rob, but I'll try to answer it as best as I can. <clears throat> Many things that uh, someone can report here. First thing that comes to mind is network uh, reliance and uh, resilience. Uh, what we need to do uh, is to research methods, and there is a lot of research efforts uh, in, uh, in this particular area, uh, to enhance the reliability and the resilience of the 5G networks in uh, smart ports, uh, to counter for uh, failures and disruptions that they are there. Security is of paramount importance. Uh, we need to, uh, and we are doing this, uh, to innovate there and uh, suggest, let's say, cybersecurity strategies and take cybersecurity measures to protect not only the port infrastructure, but also the uh, data that they are being generated in this environment. We are talking about vast amounts of data. Uh, to protect all this against uh, potential cyber threats. Uh, interconnecting systems uh, is a, a major uh, research topic. Uh, how we can uh, integrate, uh, let's say, uh, 5G to existing uh, systems uh, in the port and uh, to make sure that we have uh, an interruptible and seamless communication and collaboration between the various parts of the, of the ecosystem there. Energy efficient technologies is another area that uh, really, uh, with the intensive power that 5G brings, uh, we also see that uh, we have, uh, let's say, an increasing uh, footprint uh, regarding uh, the environment. And we need to find uh, efficient techniques uh, to reduce uh, this uh, environmental impact that 5G uh, has in the environment. Uh, another thing that I would like to mention uh, is autonomous systems. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, we are looking into uh, the use of, uh, of 5G in the development uh, and implementation of uh, autonomous uh, systems in the port environment, like uh, cranes, for example, or vessels mm -hmm. or vehicles. Data analytics and predictive maintenance as well. Uh, algorithms there and data analytics uh, techniques uh, should be implemented to uh, extend, uh, to enhance the performance of the equipment, to extend their life and uh, result in a better operation overall. And I would like to mention regulatory frameworks as well. Mm -hmm. 
which is a very big issue. So a lot of research proposals analyze and propose, uh, let's say, frameworks uh, to effectively regulate, for effective regulation and governance, uh, taking, of course, uh, into account, considering both technical uh, and legal, uh, legal issues there. And let's not forget as well the human-machine uh, interaction. I mean, we, uh, a lot of uh, studies and projects analyze how humans and machines interact in the port environment and uh, then we have to also propose and uh, implement best interfaces uh, for most uh, effective operations there. Uh, all this and uh, many more uh, are being uh, considered in the proposals uh, and projects that uh, our organization uh, is uh, preparing and participating uh, in. Uh, but I would like uh, here just to only to note in passing one of our projects uh, very pertinent to the above mentioned uh, research areas. This is 5, 5G Loginov, where we have uh, 13 partners uh, operating in eight countries uh, for three years, injecting innovations in the port environment and using 5G technology uh, to improve logistics. Uh, in the field. And these solutions are being deployed uh, currently uh, in three ports. Uh, these are Piraeus, Hamburg, and uh, Koperluka. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Nikos. Um, okay, before we go to questions for the audience, um, I guess I need a one word answer to um, a general question. What does the panel see as the main challenge for f future port operations? And I'll start with Ansys. I would say regula regulatory framework and uh, financial resources, because one absolutely fundamental thing out of this is uh, it will cost, and it will cost a lot. Uh, and, uh, and many of things we are using now, they, they need they needs to be changed. And that mm. means that is an investment. Okay, cool. Awesome. Digitalization brings new vulnerabilities. Uh, we are talking about cyber attacks. We're also talking about the availability of these systems. So diligently managing this, um, that's from a technology perspective, certainly one of the, the contributions that we need to take here. Fantastic. Tima? I would say, uh, of course, funding is one thing and also... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, when you're building something new in, the, for example, a port, port which already functions with full speed, then you have to make everything go smoothly together and yep. without too much interference for the operations. Okay, fair enough. Lucas? Yeah, I will, I will maybe say two words, but they are really much linked one to another. Uh, one is harmonization and another is interoperability. Because we already mentioned that it's, it's really a global business and if we implement solution in one port which is not compatible with another, if you look from the perspective of the ship, uh, it will never work. So, you know, really investing in the harmonization, interoperability and possibly implementing some international standards when doing this. Fantastic. And Nikos? Uh, what else is there for me to, to say? I mean, seriously, uh, my fellow panelists covered everything, uh, investment of course, serious investment is needed and I'm gonna 
discussed it in the framework of 5G to upgrade the 5G infrastructure of the ports needs serious investment and to integrate it with the existing uh, infrastructure. Regulatory framework, as well, I mentioned it before, it's a big issue, especially in the operation, let's say, uh, of 5G and port, uh, the, and port operations together. This is a problem too. Security as well. I already mentioned. I mentioned it again. With increased connectivity, uh, the 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 security, uh, let's say, uh, threat landscape increases tremendously, and therefore we uh, need. There is need, as I mentioned earlier, for extra uh, cyber security, extra intelligence cyber security uh, measures to be taken to counteract these increased risks. Uh, so uh, interoperability as well. Uh, various uh, systems, new sensors that we didn't mention at all, uh, all these uh, parts have to be integrated in the complete, to form a complete uh, functioning ecosystem and uh, there is a, a difficulty as well uh, as my colleague here mentioned. So I'm not going to add any further. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Artis, I think we're ready to take um, questions from uh, last minutes uh, on this session, so please do raise your hand if you have a question. We have a microphone in the audience. And uh, while you are thinking of your question, just to follow up on the audience uh, poll question, uh, which read, which aspect of seaport infrastructure management do you believe could benefit the most from the de deployment of IoT networks and sensor networks? And the winner is optimizing operations and logistics, followed by improving environmental monitoring and sustainability. And last but not least, increasing efficiency in cargo handling. Absolutely no love for security and surveillance and maintenance and repairs. So. <laughs> Uh, you can comment on that if you want, but maybe we have a question in the audience. Yeah, maybe any uh, questions on the poll uh, on the audience uh, thoughts? Any, any thoughts? Who wants to go first? Shall we start the other end? Maybe uh, Nikos this one. Sorry? No? Response to the uh, poll questions? Ah, to the poll questions. I'm sorry. I, I missed that bit. Uh, okay. I think I, uh, I agree with the uh, prioritization uh, mm -hmm. there. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, uh, security is, uh, I mentioned twice, I mentioned three times uh, for the third time, is a serious issue there and is uh, mm -hmm. of high priority. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, we have one written question, if we want to take, uh, take that. How do you ensure the reliability and security of mobile communication and sensor networks in seaports, especially in the face of potential cyber attacks and natural disasters? Martin, does, is that something for you? Um, yes, I can, I can try to answer this. Um, so when we just look into um, how things get connected, then usually these operations are behind the, the firewall, right? So they are in the demilitarized zone. Uh, so connecting themselves itself is, uh, is, is not, let's say, um, the, the biggest point of attention here, but um, to keep the, the demilitarized zone demilitarized, that of course requires a continuous investment into, you know, um, latest uh, software updates, understanding, you know, the, the vulnerabilities, uh, doing continuous audits and, uh, yeah, just having also the expertise in, in the IT, um, in the IT department um, to defend that successfully. Uh, okay. May I add something here? Uh, it's not only uh, security that we mentioned, uh, another major issue is uh, data privacy. Mm -hmm. uh, because as we said, uh, large volumes of uh, data are being generated uh, uh, have to be 
safeguarded. And there is this European policy that uh, says, says data privacy even before security, yeah? Mm -hmm. So we have to have this uh, into mind as well. Answers? Time, time is up, but yeah, uh, one <laughs> comment uh, on, on the security part. I think it's, it, it, is, uh, it is important. I mean, you cannot say it's not, not important. It's, the thing maybe is that it's for, for transportation is not a standalone thing, uh, but uh, in order to be, or whatever, for technology to succeed, uh, security is, is kind of the uh, explicit thing you have to prove that uh, whatever you do with your information, uh, others' information with, within your network is safe. And, uh, and we discussed, like behind, behind the panel, uh, that uh, let's say a ship, the port, uh, port systems, and then the ship. So each and, each and every thing is a unique legal entity. Uh, and each has their rules. And uh, maybe you can provide a fantastic 5G network uh, but uh, from the point of uh, regulatory framework for the ship or the particular shipping company, they will not connect to your network just because of the security uh, requirements. And, and that's something uh, at the regulatory level, standardization, and also, also some proof that your technology is safe and secure. Mm -hmm. Excellent. I think we've run over, haven't we, Altis? Oh, but this was an excellent discussion, so you all deserve a r loud round of applause to Nikolaus, Lukas, Timo, Martin, Ansis, and of course Rob for the excellent moderation of this panel. Mm -hmm.